You're listening to sermon audio from Piperton Baptist Church in Piperton, Tennessee. For more information on how you can get connected with PBC, please visit www.pipertonbaptist.com. All right, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 6. We're the last two verses today. Galatians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. I want to go ahead and read that together. Galatians 6, verse 17, these are the words of God. And a great day. I was going to preach a different message. I was you know, Normally I'll have a special Christmas message, but this one's just so perfect for the day. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. I want to ask Kenny, our, our worker in South Asia, who we help support with that Lottie Moon Christmas offering, I want to ask him to pray for our services via video this morning. Hello, everyone. Will you join me as I pray? Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful day, this opportunity to gather together with brothers and sisters of the faith to learn from your word. And so I pray that as the word of God has spoken this morning, that you would just encourage your people, that they would fall more in love with you, and that they would remember why we've gathered together, not just because it is Christmas morning, but because we love you and because you love us. And so, Lord, we're thankful for the good news of great joy that is for all the people. Help Piperton to spread that great new joy and that good news all across this land. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, Piperton. Amen. Amen. Well, Paul starts out here saying in Galatians 6, 17, from now on, let no one cause me trouble. And uh, J.B. Lightfoot interprets it as let no man question my authority, meaning the truth of my message. Paul had already defended his spirit-filled authority in other ways. I remember the Galatian, uh, the Galatian believers had been won away from paganism to Christ, and now the Judaizers swept in and tried to win them to circumcision, to be Judaizers. And uh, legalistic uh, hypocrites. But Galatians 6, 17 says, let no one cause me trouble for, meaning because of, as in I'm about to tell you why you need to stop following me around, all right? And Paul continues, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Now he bore the spirit of God in his soul and he bore the burdens of others that we talked about in weeks past. But now he bore the marks of Jesus. So Paul was literally a marked man. And commentators say that Paul mentioned the brand marks at the end of Galatians, uh, possibly as a kind of climactic conclusion for two reasons. First, his readers would have quickly identified the branding of the flesh with slavery, since slaves in the ancient world were often marked with the insignia of their masters as a badge of identification. In addition to that, certain devotees of other religions also tattooed themselves as a way of showing their devotion to certain deities or cults. So it's like Paul saying, hey, I've been branded too. He's saying to those, those uh, pagans, I, I have brands. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. I'm no fair weather Christian. I'm not speaking metaphorically as in I bear in my body. I say I bear on my body, literally, scars. 
And we know that he's been beaten by this point because in Acts 14, 19, it describes some of the churches, the persecution he had in southern Galatia. He says, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and have persuaded the crowds. They, after uh, persuading the crowds, they stoned Paul and drug him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Again in Acts 16, 22, the crowd joined in attacking him and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat him with rods. Paul even says in 2 Corinthians 11.25, three times I was beaten with rods and once I was stoned. Paul even challenges us as believers to share in the sufferings of Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.5, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Matter of fact, that word marks is the word stigmata, right? Not just referring to the branding of a slave, but... Uh, you know, uh, maybe Paul says it to refer to the branding of circumcision, saying, hey, you want to you want to show your spirituality by a mark of circumcision? How about the better mark is persecution? Someone once said in heaven, God's not going to look for our medals. He's going to look for our marks. Not saying we should seek those out like self masochists, but the marks of Christ. And even last week, we made much of the cross the sufferings of Jesus, the physical marks that come with persecution. There's fear and trembling at the cross. There's repentance and faith and eternal life found, not by the marks of us, by the way, but by the marks of Jesus. So what does all this have to do with Christmas? Well, the marks of Jesus aren't just seen on the cross. They were seen some 33 years before in a manger. Now, this happened when Jesus laid aside supernatural, eternal independence to become natural, mortal, dependent flesh. Dependent on his own fallen creation. That's a weird place to put yourself in. On the cross, Jesus was dependent on the Heavenly Father to raise Him from the dead. But in the cradle, Jesus was dependent on His earthly Father to protect Him. On the cross, Jesus trusted John to care for His mother. But in the cradle, Jesus trusted His mother to care for Him. On the cross, Jesus didn't use His voice. Remember, as a lamb was led before His shears, His silence, so Christ didn't utter a word. In the cradle, He didn't even have a voice except to cry probably appropriate that some kids are crying this morning because that shows their utter dependency, their total dependency on mankind. On the cross, Christ chose to suffer, but in the cradle, he chose to surrender. Before the cross comes the cradle. Before boldness to proclaim the truth came a little baby. Before sacrifice came Surrender, And I used to think that the cross was the kind of the pinnacle example, uh, the apex of all spiritual illustration. But I believe with all my heart that the, cr the cradle rivals it. God became flesh. He didn't descend as a full-grown man, right? He didn't skip infancy and dependency and all the, the phases of physical life. Church, Christmas is more than the example of generosity from the wise men. It's more than the star in the heavens that guided the wise men to Christ. It's more than the power of all those fulfilled prophecies the moment Jesus entered the world. It's more than all that. Paul did bear in the marks, marks of Jesus in his suffering. We see that in his letters. But Christmas is more than that. The birth of God, listen church, was the single greatest example of the dependency on God that God had ever made. 
Paul, most, Paul was most like Jesus in his dependency on his plan. Friend, you will suffer as a believer, <laughs> but you'll not ever suffer like Christ because you aren't, you aren't perfect. So the physical marks alone that Paul bears in his body don't make him just like Jesus because he even says our momentary afflictions can never compare to our perfect Christ's afflictions. But you know what can? You know what can, we can do to be most like Christ this Christmas? Make our lives fully dependent on Him. Because He made His life fully dependent on God. God rested on the seventh day, not because he needed rest, but as an example for all eternity. Later, Christ was baptized, not because of repentance of sin, because he was perfect without sin, but as an example to us. And wedged there in between creation and the crucifixion is another C word called the cradle. And that's where he showed full dependence on Christ. God became dependent and helpless, not because he's weak, but as an example for all eternity. The baby in the manger came amidst earth's dangers and gave his life for sinners so that we would not be strangers. Christ is all about dependency and intimacy. There is nothing more vulnerable <laughs> and fragile yet more personal and intimate than a baby. And I've had plenty of time with my grands, our grandson this, this week, and there's just nothing more dependent than a crying baby. And Jesus was a crying baby. The God who still makes mountains move. Did you know that even now, as I speak, mountains could form during this sermon out of the ocean? God can make that happen. He still does. The same God who makes the thunders roll so loud that it shakes the frame of your house. The God who destroyed entire nations with the sound of his voice. The God who at creation spoke the world into existence, separated day and night. The same God that performs miracles, that speaks to the water and makes it be still. The same God that calls the heart of man to repent of his brokenness and call on the name of Jesus. That same God wrapped himself, that powerful God wrapped himself in the softest skin you've ever touched to become a helpless baby as the world's greatest example of heavenly dependency the universe had ever seen. Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. We'll never match Christ's sufferings, but we can be born of the Spirit. We'll never match Christ's pain, but we can follow his heavenly dependency like a child. Come unto me like a child. The gift that Christ would love the most this Christmas is your full surrender. And I hate that this word's crept into the church, this word commitment, commit your life to Christ, because commitment and surrender are actually different. When you make a commitment, you're still in control. Doesn't matter how noble the thing is that you're committing to, right? We can commit to pray. We can commit to study the Bible, give our money. We can commit to make house payments. <laughs> we can commit to lose weight. But whatever we choose, we commit to. But surrender's different. When someone holds you up with a gun, and says, hey, how about you put your hands in the air as a token of your surrender? You don't tell them what you're about to commit to, do you? You just give up. You surrender to the robber. 
Jesus Christ surrendered to the world as a baby so that we might surrender to him as our Savior. So I pray that every, now, every time you think of the baby of Jesus, you wouldn't think of just the helplessness of him. Think that he chose that. He chose to become even more dependent when he was an adult. <laughs> he chose to be on the cross when he was a God in heaven. He chose to come to earth as a man. And during our time of response today, we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper. It's just an, another great moment to, to acknowledge our dependence on the blood and body of Christ that was broken and poured out for us. And before I, I read Scripture today and pray, I want to just tell any guests that we have, there's uh, Lord's Supper trays throughout the sanctuary, and there's two cups stacked on top of each other. The bottom cup is the bread, the top cup is the wine. Make sure you take both of them uh, out of the uh, holder and then go back to your seats, and then you'll be able to take the Lord's Supper in your seats at will. I won't prompt you any further after I pray. Let's read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink the cup. If you're a believer today who've been born again, you've repented of your sin and you've called on the name of Jesus for forgiveness, or if you're an existing believer who just may need to confess your sins to God before you take this Lord's Supper, examine your own hearts and then we'll partake. And as we take the Lord's Supper, we're going to move right into our time of response afterwards. And that time of response is a time where you can come forward to make public any decisions you've made for Christ. If you've maybe been saved for years but just haven't been baptized by immersion as an example of Christ's death and resurrection, then you can come forward to do that. If you want to come forward to pray with one of the pastors, or if you want to come forward to sign up to serve, that's what membership in our church means. It means I want to serve somewhere in this church. Don't know where yet, but I want, to, I want, to, I want you to help me find that. Then come and, and be part of our church family. I want to pray with us now. Would you go ahead and stand? Father God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for a service where we can enjoy uh, all these things that together as families. We pray that if there are sins in our hearts that we need to confess to you, we'd confess them now so they wouldn't, we wouldn't take the Lord's Supper with sin. God. We, we see the Lord's Supper as an example of what you did to help our sin be taken away. But it still means we have to take part in it. We have to pick up that cup and we have to, we have to pick up that bread. And so in the same way, Lord, we have to call out to the Lord daily to say, God, forgive me for my sin. I know I'm saved, but God, forgive me. Help me to take this Lord's Supper in a way that's honoring to you, Lord. We honor not just your birth, but your death and all the parts in between, God. And for all eternity, we'll worship you, Lord. Let this be a moment and an example of what we're going to experience in heaven for eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Sermon Audio from Piperton Baptist Church in Piperton, Tennessee. For more information on how you can get connected with PBC, please visit www.pipertonbaptist.com.